Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity in relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice, and with grace in motherhood and beyond? This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift, and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and keep growing. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and today we have somebody that I've been admiring for quite some time on the pod today, and I feel so honored to be able to share her with you. If you have not heard of her, you're welcome in advance. Introducing (laughs) you to Melissa Seaman is a business strategist, intuitive channel, world-renowned retreat leader, sought-after media speaker, and host of the Channel Your Genius podcast. A Stanford-educated former business lawyer, she bridges the world of business strategy and intuitive development to guide professional women in midlife to clarify their deepest purpose, do business with heart, and step into a new level of leadership as what she calls wise women queens. Melissa has guided her clients to $6 million windfalls, creating fun business quizzes that go viral and new careers that integrate their intuitive gifts without losing respect, relationships, or revenue. Obviously, after that, you know exactly why she's here and why I'm so excited to dive in. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much, Krista. I just resonate so much with you and everything you stand for. That it's just, I'm just already excited for whatever's <laughs> going to come through in our conversation today. Me too. I'm like pre-excited. I just feel so grateful for you. You've definitely shown me the path of ease as a business owner, I've learned so much from you. The trust that you have too in the people that you work with. I just feel lucky that I've gotten to have a little bit of insight in our working relationship into how you run your business and make your decisions and just seeing you walk the talk and do exactly what you say you do is really inspiring. So you've created an amazing business and people love it. And let me tell you, the data says that because I've seen these numbers and (laughs) it's some of the most engaged people I've seen. And so congratulations because it's awesome. Well, and I have you to thank for that too. It's so great to collaborate with you. Like, wow, dream team. It's been a really fun team effort. And so before I dive in, there's some really like exciting and I feel like energy-rich topics that we've been discussing offline and on your podcast, and I can't wait. But before we do, I would love for you to just share any context from your journey, what's on your heart today, anything that feels important to say before we jump in. I think this part of my background that really speaks to my work is that, yes, I was a Stanford-educated business litigation attorney. (laughs) 
and a Catholic, a leader in my Catholic church and the mother of one little baby living in San Diego in my big giant house, my cars, and like kind of had everything that I wanted, you know? And in 2000, I gave birth to my second child, a daughter, Clarice, who actually graduates from college, UC Santa Cruz in two days. And I'm like, wow. So it's been 20 years. And when I gave birth to Clarice, I had this massive intuitive awakening. So I hadn't previously really believed in, you know, psychic-y stuff. I mean, kind of a little bit. I was curious and I've always been a pretty intuitive person. But after that birth, I really like could see people's energy, could hear their, what I now call spirit guides, for lack of a better term. I can feel what they're really meant to do here. I can feel where there's energy and where there's not. I can feel what's likely to happen next. I can feel when people are sick, like all kinds of things that I can feel now and, and navigate. And I brought my lawyerly analytical mind into that experience and immediately started organizing all that stuff, you know, like, oh, cause I didn't have any background in all that new agey hoo-ha. Suddenly I was that new agey hoo-ha. I organized it. I started organizing my spirit guides and I, and I went into the world of new agey hoo-ha for some time. Like I literally lived naked in a forest with other hippies for a couple of years. You know, I really loved it too. I just traded sessions with other deep healers and like really went woo all the way woo. And at a certain point, I was like, uh-oh, I need to be more impactful in the world that's changing fast. I need to get back into business. I need to bring everything that I've developed in my study and embodiment practices of the divine feminine principles and, and how to create, you know, with all the magic that we have. I need to bring that back into business now to help the people that are on the ground, the wise ones that are bringing the new information, that are bringing the transformative healing, that are here to evolve the crumbling systems. I need to bring everything that I am from Stanford lawyer to crazy naked woo girl and profound spirit talker. I need to put all that stuff together and be of use in this, on this planet now in the real world. And that's what really landed me where I'm at now, which is, you know, I have a business school for intuitive and creative wise women. And I'm a, also like an executive coach. I don't, I don't even know what to call what I am because what they call me is like a fairy God shaman to very well-resourced leaders, you know, who are helping create the new culture. So there's my intro, you know, it's just kind of like really bridging the world. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, this is why I'm so obsessed with you. Like you say it like so casually. And sometimes I think, you know, I read your bio and I'm like, oh my God, like it's just, there's a lot going on. And I think we all can relate to that like multidimensional energy. And so seeing how you really brought it together and created such a cohesive brand where it's actually like easy to understand what you do in 10 seconds or less and what you want me to do. And that's not easy to do when you, like you said, you're combining worlds and identities. And it's to me where that sweet spot really is and is why you're so good at this is because you've really found this niche. And it turns out there's a lot of women, wise women, intuitive women who 
have deep education backgrounds or have been in corporate and are sort of awakening to these callings and to these gifts and then wanting to actually make a business out of it, which is another whole thing. And the fact that you brought that sort of expertise back around it full circle, it's like, no wonder you're so successful. It's like exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And it's all about combining our gifts. And I really, to me, that's like the most important, exciting thing about marketing right now is it allows you to do that and reach different audiences with different messages with the same offering and just how we speak to it. And so it's just been really beautiful to witness this happen in this work and the ease in which it happens for you. I find that the most inspiring. Like you've always had just a calm presence on every call and there's just a groundedness and a wisdom there that is like palpable. So Mm, thank thank you you. for coming back from the forest (laughs) to to come play with with the humans in the real world. So now here we are and seeing the success of your academy and everything you do, I I can't wait to talk more about it. But one thing that I really actually wanted to start with, and this is something we've been talking about before, was something that another like deep area of resonance I find for a lot of my intuitive clients. We often serve a very similar clientele as well. So it's just been really fun to learn about how you speak around business and this idea came up around intuitive women leaning away from money and specifically leaving away from like talking about money or looking at the numbers or being involved financially. And I would love to unpack this with you because it really hit home when you said that. And I haven't named it in quite that way before as intuitive based business women, there's some sort of block or resistance around seeing the numbers. Yeah. Can we talk to this totally. and what you feel <laughs> is happening here? You know, there's actually, there's, I've identified seven major blocks. <laughs> we probably won't okay. have time to get to all of those today, but, but some of the ones that people don't even think about, but what's really happening there. And I, it's funny because I was just creating curriculum for November in the Academy. We're going to be clearing the seven blocks. So I'm like, hello, here we are. One of them that we talked, we just barely started talking about is the fact that as magical people, those of us who are really intuitive, who are gifted in the creative sense, we're used to kind of manifesting stuff in our lives. You know, even if we're kind of living on the verge of poverty, we know that we'll have rent when we need it because we manifest that stuff. And we rely on that magic. We rely on that feminine form of magnetic manifestation. And we think mistakenly (laughs) that if we look at the numbers, if we get real, if we have a budget, it will break the magic because we've had the experience in the past of a more maybe analytical or masculine energy in our lives, dad, husband, whatever, going are you flipping nuts? Like you can't just ignore the numbers here, look at them. And then it becomes a violent experience. We look at the numbers, they look depressing, they look scary. We don't have anybody on our side who knows how to lift into the more feminine magnetic way with money. So we just go down and then sure enough, our mood tanks, when our mood tanks, our money tanks. So we're so afraid of that now that I see very 
adept business women, because I work with a lot of women that have been corporate and now they're reaching midlife and they're like, oh, hell no. Like I'm going to do what my soul came here to do. I'm going to do my inspired work now, the work of my soul. Even they, even the former accountants suddenly are afraid to look at the numbers in their sacred messenger business because they're afraid it will break the magic. And this is such a big myth. And the truth of it is, of course, we can look at them, especially if we have support. I'm so happy we're naming this because for those of you listening who are just like having an aha moment, this is what happened to me when Melissa said this. In our conversation, I was like, wait, like this is the wound. One of them, one of the seven. But this one to me is so crucial because that relationship that we have to money, I talk all the time about the sacred exchange of money. You and I talk about the way we exchange money in our businesses in a very similar way. And it's a very sacred relationship for those that we are serving and those who are paying us. And in my business, we ring the bells when a big contract comes through. And I also ring the bells when I pay a big invoice. Like the exchange of money for service is like amazing. And it's taken me a really long time to get there. And I was saying to you before, I used to cry every finance meeting, whether it was good or bad. It was so tough and I felt like it was pulling me out of my flow. And to your exact point, I felt like setting a budget is like the opposite of expansive thinking. It's the opposite of, you know, this thing that we're taught around manifestation and having these big numbers. And But what happens is, I think too, we begin living with outside of our means and because there's just this disconnect that's happening because we're not looking at the numbers. And so when I started really leaning into this, you were also a big influence in my world at the time that I was sort of having like this internal financial dilemma of like, I have to lean in. And what I have found leaning in is not only have I made so much more because as intuitive people where we put our energy, it grows, it flows. So it's been an incredibly like rewarding experience to lean in in this way. And I think the key thing that you mentioned, though, is to have support to lean in because getting at it alone or meeting someone's energy that's very masculine or, you know, talking down about the situation, that's just not going to support the kind of people (laughs) that we are. So what would that first step be? You know, if you are in that place of like, okay, you know, I have to shift. I have to shift here because only then can we see the abundance and the expansiveness that is inevitably yours. But it's hard to see and it's hard to get inspired to create the quiz or to do the marketing strategy if you have this like disconnect with money and numbers. So where do you begin? Like, how do you rip that bandaid off with some of your clients? I mean, well, with a client, the first step is actually to get a mentor because Some of these fears are so profound and so ancient. And if you, if you don't want to get a mentor, get a bestie who will sit down in front of your bank statement with you, but it takes another woman holding your hand 
to face these dragons. So that's the first thing I want to say is like, don't underestimate the emotional magnitude of these fears around looking at the numbers around money. I mean, we've just revealed one, like that it will break my magic being one of the blocks that we don't even think about. Well, I do think it'll break my magic if I just, and what does it take to face a dragon of a fear like that? It takes another woman, I think, holding your hand. Ideally, a mentor who's already been where you're going, who can show you the steps to get there, because that'll just be faster. (laughs) But at the very least, go with a girlfriend who's as lost as you are, maybe a little less lost, and do it together because it's painful to do it alone. And the same mental shenanigans that have been torturing you this whole time with these beliefs, with these false beliefs, will make it very difficult for you to tackle without someone standing there going, wait a minute, that's not true and reflecting sanity. (laughs) So that's like number one is don't do it alone. Yes. And it's so vulnerable. And it's beautiful that you say a woman because it did take another woman, my COO and a mentor of mine, who I'm going to share what she said to me that totally got me out of my story. But it's not my husband. It's not my dad. It's not like what we're conditioned to think that it's supposed to be. And so when we come out of homeostasis, right? Like it's uncomfortable because this is where we've been. And so we want to go back to that place, but seeking a new way and a new opportunity. And I was just so thankful to have the women in my life that held me through this experience because It's as vulnerable to me as like your dirty underwear in the laundry. Like showing somebody your bank account is so vulnerable and and having that trust and like feeling seen and like it's okay that these are the numbers and this is amazing that these are the numbers or whatever it is. These are just the numbers. It's just what is. It's just the numbers. It's just numbers on a screen. And so for me really gave me my power back in so many ways and One thing that you and I were talking about earlier is just like lightening up because I do think when it is our soul calling, right, this thing that we're so connected to and our lives are dependent on it and then we look at the – like it just feels in juxtaposition of one another and so it can be even more vulnerable, I think, when it's like – something we're so passionate about, like you said, versus being in corporate, well, that's totally different. You're not being paid for your soul gifts. And one thing that my mentor said recently, I was just having an experience a few months ago. I just recently switched in my business to accrual accounting. And that was a big (laughs) challenge for me because I'm used to what I like to say, like Ponzi scheming myself. So like I'll launch something, spend that money, to keep it going. And then like, so I'm paying myself way before the thing happens. What if that thing gets canceled? What if COVID happens and the retreat gets canceled and we have to refund everyone? We can't spend that money. And so I've had to completely shift my way of even like thinking about cash flow. And I was having a cash flow crunch one week and I got on with my mentor And I was distraught. I was embarrassed to tell her because I have like all of this self-worth tied to like a dollar amount. And I get on and I was like, how are you? Like I asked her first and she goes, oh, well, I'm having a cash flow problem this week, but you know, that's boring because you know how that goes. I figure it out. So like anyway, 
And I was like embarrassed. I was distraught. I didn't want to share. And in that moment, it just lightened it. It just took all the prana out. And it's like, oh yeah, I figure this out. Like, this doesn't mean I'm not successful. And if it wasn't for my mentor, like being alone with those thoughts, like you said, it's like so ingrained. It's not easy to get out on your own. And I think that we both like, scream from the rooftops mentorship. And I would love to hear from you just in your life, how mentors have played a role, because now it's really like your purpose is mentoring other women and like what your journey has been like with your mentors and like why this is so important to you. I've had so many fantastic mentors and I usually have at least three, (laughs) you know? And so it's been amazing. I've learned so much like I mean, my Native American adopted mama, Marie Yesbrew, is one of my primary mentors, and she's been one since I met her in 2001, right after I had my awakening experience. So she's, you know, and she's taught me about how natural money and exchange flow is. So instead of thinking of like, oh, yeah, well, it's only barter economy work. She's like, well, what's the difference? Everything is sacred flow. Everything is sacred exchange. Now we have dollars. Okay, so be it. So exchange with dollars. So that was really profound to learn that with her. I worked with Shamika Tankerson, who's an incredible mentor, who really connected me back with like my boisterous worthiness as a queen. Like she's just this bombastic faith-filled, beautiful, walking miracle of prosperity. You know what I mean? Like she's just, she wears t-shirts that say like, I'm my ancestor's dearest dream, you know, recognizing the continuance and how we are continuing from where those who've come before and like, we're living their dream, you know, and how wealth can be so transformative in terms of social justice and racial equality as well as us as women just stepping up into our worth and value. So that was amazing. I got such a transmission with Shavika. And now I'm working with Dana Corey on addressing, especially money stuff. It's been really interesting. And she has me doing dates with my money. You know, I've been really inspired by Morgana Ray's work with money too. Like she talks about money as lover, you know, money is your boyfriend. Like There's so many levels and it just keeps going. You know, I don't look and go, oh, I'm done. You know, I figured out money. Ha ha ha. You know, I work with a lot. Some of my VIP clients are extremely wealthy people. And guess what? Money still is a thing. Like it's still, when you have a ton of money, now you have a ton of money to organize and to manage and you've got properties and you've got people who want you for your money and you can't, like money, it's a, It's a sticky wicket, no matter where you are in the spectrum of spending. So we have to deal with these blocks, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. And I do choose female mentors. And I was just realizing that I'm like, well, I mean, I've learned with male teachers and I've had a male therapist, but I don't choose male mentors much because I think, well, one of the blocks Another one of the blocks to money for spiritual women and for women in general is that there is an inherent, intrinsic, embedded patriarchal lie 
that says all feminine qualities are worthless. That includes spiritual connection. That includes healing. That includes connection, community. These things are worthless. These things should all be free. How dare you charge money for the feminine stuff? That whole shenanigans that we've been fed a bill of goods, man, like that ain't it. We can't, sorry, just because it's spiritual, it's more valuable in many ways. The transformation that can come through directly through spiritual means is faster, better, easier, more accelerated than a lot of the hard and thinky, thinky analytical stuff. So why the heck wouldn't it be valued and honored and exchanged with more value? Ah, because of institutionalized, systemic, patriarchal desecration of the feminine. So I'm not saying that all men are, were, you know, they're, it's their fault. But I am saying that when I have a female mentor who's got something that I don't quite have yet, it's not in the way so much. If it's some fantastic person who happens to be of the male or male identifying gender, huh, it's in the way because there's something between me and him that says, well, that's fine for him, but I can't do that. Look at me. I'm a woman. I see it so clearly because I have male and female identifying clients and the money mindset space holding conversation Mm. doesn't even take place with my male clients. It's like a non-issue. And so, you know, having mentors as women too, I just, I'm so passionate about this. So thank you for sharing, you know, your journey and how it really never ends because you know, I'm always wanting to learn from new people. I'm always meeting women. And I feel the same way. I have actually two or three, you being one of them in my life. And I'm like, what are they doing? What are they working on? Who's inspiring them? What are they saying? And for me, the word I use is vision holder. And these people emulate, like you said, something that you want, something that you want to achieve. And they embody that. And instead of feeling like jealousy or competitive as women, which I also feel like is such a bummer that like that even exists. And I even still find myself like scrolling on Instagram and having this like weird, bad feeling in my body. And I'm obsessed with women. Like all I want in my life is for every woman to succeed. And yet that compare and despair, you know, still happens. And so when I can reframe that into, okay, this is a vision that they hold for me. Like it's a sacred vision and they're holding it and guiding me and showing me the way and reaching out to those vision holders and getting in touch. And I have to say, as somebody who gets now reached out to as a mentor, there's no better feeling in the world than somebody wanting to connect and learn and like get that transmission from you. And so I think there's also this hesitation to reach out, to send the email, to send the message. And I'm like, go for it. Like you will make someone's day by saying, you know, I want to learn from you. I want to work with you. And chances are, it's going to be really energy rich for them too, because that's the thing about mentors. When you become a mentor, there's like a a calling to share. There's a calling to pass on, a calling to teach. And I feel like you're really working with women in that space of like transitioning all of this knowledge into their quiz, into their ecosystem to like be a mentor in a like one-to-many capacity. 
which is like even more incredible. <laughs> well, and there's a thing I'm noticing as a mentor, you know, when you reach a point where you have so many people who want your time and I've reached a point now where like I've become kind of known for my VIP days where, because I'm able to use my intuition and my stratagem at the same time to look into someone, see what they're here to do, see who they're really here for, see what their signature system is, see what their best offering is, and then clear the heck out of them. Cause by that time their head spinning, like, holy crap, like this is me. And what do I do? And we clear the heck out of them and then make the plan and da, da, da. And so this kind of integrative reading and strategy at the same time is kind of a rare thing. So I'm still doing these sessions, but I can only do one a week, you know, like it's, it's intense. And I'm always on the lookout for others who have this gift. So on occasion, if I get someone like in a class or something, and I see they have this gift, I'll actually pull them aside and say, okay, let me check in with you. Can you do this? Can you do this? Because I need people to refer to. And it's rare. It's super rare to find people who can do what I'm savant at. And while I haven't found somebody who can do it as fast as I can just yet, I have enough students now who have the gift that I'm helping to like raise up. And it's funny because they would show up at the first and go, oh, I hope she doesn't, you know, I wanted to talk to you, Melissa, but the truth is, I think we have similar gifts. I'm like, yay, you know, I'm so glad you're here. Well, but I think I might be here to serve the same people. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. You know, I'm 54. I don't want to do this forever. Please, like, I'll show you all open the kimono, you know, I'm, I'm doing a call in a week where I'm just going to show all my marketing to everybody because I'm like, we don't have time to waste y'all. Like if you've got the gift and you're able to pull it all together really fast for people in a similar way, I want to know who you are. I want to lift you up in the world because there's not enough of, there's not enough of me just for the people who come towards me looking for that. We need more. So that's the attitude I think of a men that many mentors have that maybe 20 years ago, I wouldn't have even realized that I'd think, well, they wouldn't, you get to a certain level, they're going to want to keep you down so that you don't take their place. Oh no, it's the opposite with a re with, I think a genuine mentor. They're like, yay. <laughs> I agree. And I feel that transition happening for me right now. And I was telling you this before, like it used to be when I started my business, my progressed moon was in Leo. And so it was really like my mm. face yeah. on everything. And I started the podcast when my progressed moon was in Leo and my solo episodes. And then the numbers were telling me that people liked the solo episodes. So I started talking about myself more. And uh -huh. now two progressed moons later, well, it went through Libra, which of course was all about collaboration and relationship. And expanding my team and going from that. Now you can't even find my face on the homepage of my website. And so I've like made this transition into this new way of like being. And I've just, you know, been so excited about who's coming up and, and finding other good marketers and finding other amazing women I can lift up. And it's just been such a joy for me to like make that transition and really truly believe there's so much abundance out there. There's so much for everyone. And there's so much. And, and one thing that I excited to pivot to, even though you just mentioned it is, you know, this idea around compassionate marketing, because 
you said next week you're planning to like really like unveil your systems and I'm obsessed with your systems. I'm obsessed with the way you nurture your audience and the numbers tell us that this is really working. And I've never even heard it called compassionate marketing. And I am so here for this. And so what is that? Even just the energy in saying compassionate marketing, you have created in a whole, not only do you talk about it, but you've created a whole offering to help people do this within their own businesses with the quiz funnels. And so if you have this gift, like you're saying, and you have this business background and you want to expand and you've really like brought it all back together for someone who, okay, we know that this money, intuitive woman dynamic is at play and we're going to lean in and we're going to take the power back and we're going to reclaim, okay, we're here. We've got it. What do we do next? You have the answer. And I'm so excited to actually learn more about how you speak to this because I've not talked to you directly about the quiz funnels and like how you help people market who are like really a channel and how it becomes this like really authentic business ecosystem for people. And I love it. And I think people now will be so interested in hearing like the other side of this because we've been on the intuitive side and like talking about the energy of money and how sacred it is. And now it's like, okay, how do you bring that into strategy Mm -hmm. in an authentic way? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, it's a challenge when you're deeply intuitive and you're following your soul and you go just out into the melee of marketing, you know, I've studied with a lot of the mainstream, you know, dudes and all the things. And every time I just would sit there and get so frustrated, like, God, what? what the heck is this? You know, I studied, I studied the quiz work with in Ryan Levesque's program, huge program, you know, buckets and you like, and, and I was just like, this is, this is not it. Like this, this is it. And that this is the nuts and bolts, but there's no soul. Where's the soul. And so for me, whether it's a quiz or the five episode podcast thing, or just a really great nurture sequence or a rant, you know, these are all some of my favorite things to utilize in marketing that I feel are deeply connected manifesto style, like lots of things that really get people where it counts, which I think is in their heart, not in their pocketbook. (laughs) And it starts with the archetypes, you know, the, probably the secret sauce that it starts with is really going deeply into your client archetypes. So what I mean by that is there's a few different types of people that move towards your business. And in general, we tend to just think about that ideal client profile, that one avatar that's very specific. And that's very helpful. Like we need to have that avatar. But we miss out on richness if we don't also look at these different client archetypes and not only with our minds, but actually with our hearts. So in part of the compassionate marketing system will like look at your archetypes and they're often different than you think they are if you're just coming from your head. So it helps to have like a dialogue about it. And everybody in my programs gets coaching directly from me. I know that's really unusual these days, but it's important to me. I keep my program small enough that everybody gets direct input and basically copywriting from me because I just channel it through really fast. 
But those archetypes, when you really know these few types of people that move towards you, including the ones that you don't really want to work with anymore, you get clear about that. And you get to the point, we dial it down until you could write these each type a profound love letter of service and of acknowledgement. When you get to that point, now you're ready to begin building whatever your input is going to be. I usually use a quiz with like just about everybody. We do a quiz because there's just Which no is so way. fun and smart and cool but, and gamified yeah, and tuned so in. And, it's so yeah. consensual. Yeah. In a world where you feel like you're being barraged with message, 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 here's an invitation and a reflection of deep acknowledgement. Gosh. Everything's so techno and we're so, we're so stuck in our media and our phones all the time. You can't even get your husband's attention enough to get some deep acknowledgement. So, so when something on the interwebs can give you this profound, deep acknowledgement for free from a stranger, are you leaning in? Oh, hells to the, yeah. You know, and I was just actually teaching my quiz students before we hopped on and we were talking about the ways you get your quiz seen because they've spent the last couple months building these incredible, gorgeous quizzes with me and, and the funnels that go with it and the follow-up. Now they need to get it in front of people. Right. And I was sharing with them that, you know, as a speaker, because I used to, especially pre pandemic, I did a lot of speaking other people's stages, other people's shows, la la la. Like I get paid to speak. I'd get flown around to speak. I would get over 90% opt-in at every free, even the free ones, speaking engagement. Over 90% of the people in the room, I walked away with their name, their email, what type of soul gift they are, what they want, what they're looking for, what they're not looking for. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. a marketer's dream. <laughs> it's a dream. I'm telling you in today's yeah. world, and now we can do podcast. I haven't even mentioned my quiz, soulgiftquiz.com. But like, you know, we're not talking about that right now. But normally if I'm on a podcast, it's because they want to talk about the five soul gift types and how they relate to whatever the topic is. I talk about the five types and then I can just say, go take the quiz, soul gift quiz. It's seven questions. It takes two minutes. And I'll even, if I'm on, if I'm speaking from a stage, especially in person audience, I will be talking about the five soul gift types because we're all one. And when you know which one you are intrinsically, it solves a lot of problems. It like releases a lot of mystery. And I'll say that, then I'll describe the types, you know, the transmitter, the creator, the messenger. And I'll say, as I'm describing the types, just pull out your phone. You have my full permission to have split focus right now and take the quiz. Because in a couple of minutes, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand based on what type you are. Some people are like, I'm not falling for this opt-in bullshit. You know, I'm like, hey, you don't have to give me your email. You can say, skip this step. If you don't want, if you don't want to hear from me ever again, that's fine. Skip this step. You don't have to. It's okay. But find out what type you are because I'm going to ask you. Everybody in the room does it. And the ones who were like, oh, I don't do anything that I'm told. When everybody's arms are going up, including their wife and their friend over there, they're like, oh shit. And they go in and they take the quiz. Now the ones who are grumpy like that, they don't opt in at first, but when they land on their short results paragraph, it makes people cry when they take my quizzes. It makes them like they just like this morning. Imagine that a lead generation campaign. Talk about compassionate marketing. Like 
now you guys listening know like why I'm so obsessed with Melissa. <laughs> I mean, there's so many reasons, but like at the essence of what you're doing is a lead generation campaign that is so connected yes, and so compassionate yes. that it's making people cry. It makes them cry. And they're going to then buy. They're going to feel seen. I mean, I feel like it's it's real. It's honest. It's like, and at the very least, you've left your audience better than you found them. And you've left them feeling seen. And you've left them at feeling- At the very least, they pass it on. Hmm. So people are always like, how do I make my quiz go viral? It's like, will you make the right quiz? And then it naturally goes viral. <laughs> there are groups on Facebook- I found this out after creating the quiz, you know, the transmitters, spoiler alert, like transmitters on the quiz, which you, you might be one, but like, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> you'll have a secondary transmitter at least, but transmitters on, on the soul gift quiz are the magical ones, are the emanating beings who, since they're kids, people just feel like, oh, you're an old soul. Oh, you're really special. And the kid's like, okay, whatever. If you're a mm -hmm. female child, you're often over-sexualized if you're a transmitter because people just feel you're juju, right? You're different than a creator who's like a systems know-it-all child mm -hmm. or a messenger, that's what I am, who's like a get up on the coffee table with a microphone kid, you know? But, but when you know which one you are, it's deeply affirming. So even if that person, they find out, whoa, I'm a transmitter. Whoa, I'm a messenger. Whoa. No, I'm not in the market for intuitive development or, or intuitive business development. So I don't need Melissa, but am I going to share this quiz? Oh, hells yeah. I need to know what my kids are. I need, I need to know what my yeah. spouse is. I want to know which one of these types, whoosh, it goes viral. And that's the key to making a really fantastic quiz is that it creates its own movement. Mm. There are transmitters who self-organize people who took my quiz, found out their transmitter types. I found two transmitter support groups on Facebook that I didn't create <laughs> that reference my quiz. Yeah. Cause you, it makes you feel not alone. Like it creates culture. Yes. When you fit into in a world where we do feel so multidimensional, like how can we possibly say who we are, or identify as anything? And then we feel so seen and we're given the words. And that's one of your gifts that I really want to honor is like you have given me just today alone. I've had the honor of speaking to you for almost two full hours. And the words, like the language that you've given me, it's like you've made people feel seen because it's like you're speaking their language and you're giving them a language and naming something for them that they have felt all the time. And when we can speak that to our clients, it's like we make them feel seen. And your gift, your quiz makes somebody feel seen without you even having to come online. And there in lies the actual like whole thing. And it's been amazing to watch and amazing to witness. And you're so good at what you do. I bet everyone's taking the quiz right now. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, go take the quiz. I bet I want everyone's to meet you. Channel your you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And I'm just so grateful to know you. You've definitely become like a key um, for us. Like we look at these like full body yes clients and collaborators, mm -hmm. and like you've set the bar high now Aww. for you know, who we're really wanting to call in to our space because we've seen what's possible and that ease of financial 
exchange and that beauty of compassionate marketing. And it's just been awesome to, to witness this all. And I'm so grateful to share this. And I think so many people are just going to get so much out of this. And so tell us really quickly, any calls to action that feel the most exciting right now, we're going to put a lot in the show notes, but what's like your number one thing after taking the quiz that you would want someone new to your world to check out, dive into and do next? Well, if, yeah, if you've already taken the quiz, you kind of know, but soulgiftquiz.com is my numero uno. From there, you can opt in and then you can just literally write me back on any of those emails, but that will take you on a self-discovery journey You'll be invited to things like my open the kimono things and my and my ceremony, you know, kind of ritual stuff, as well as my business academy. So my website, if you just want to go straight there, is channelyourgenius.com. And you can learn about all the different things that I've got going on. But really, it's take really the quiz. Soulgiftquiz.com. Yeah, I want to know what you guys are. Like, write us, DM us, reply to this really? podcast. And share because I just love putting names to things and like mm. creating community in that way. And so after interviewing you today, it's even like more clear why I'm so obsessed with you. It was just like an energetic Aww. thing before. And now I'm like, yeah. okay, this makes a lot of sense. Cool. <laughs> so thank you for doing what you do. And thank you mm. for being here. It just means so much to me. Thank you, Krista. This has been awesome. So fun. And for everyone listening, You're the best. I'm obsessed with you too. And until next time, keep growing.